one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis. Now, the recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. The fight has only escalated. With the saint's identity revealed, the stakes are now higher than ever. Even if they make it out of this room alive, what will the consequences of their new knowledge be? Last-ditch efforts are made, allies come in clutch, and something postponed catches back up. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory make their stand in Sturthal. With the saint having teleported out of the antechamber and everyone else here either trying to take out the people who revealed her identity or continuing to fight for someone they don't understand who it is, your battle rages on. Jory, it is your turn. I'm going to once again use my phase door, except this time I'm going to do it two-tiered. So I'm going to put it on the floor and then on the floor by the fentanyl and reach through and grab their legs and here's the second part of what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my heartbeat lock and I'm going to wrap it around his legs. That's why I was synchronizing it before. Sure. They formed a seal that can only be opened by destroying it. Yep. So I'm basically going to reach through and tangle up the fentanyl's legs. Okay. So that he cannot move and hopefully falls down. <laughs> Give him a bit of a push. And you lock that, like just wrap it one, two, three, because it's like three feet of wire oh, yeah. between the discs. So, you know, wrap it two, three, four times around his legs and then snap the two ends of the disc together and they lock tight. And I will say that he kind of like trips over, falls over. Butcher, Butcher's going after Smallrin yet again. Smallrin, please make a level five speed defense. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to activate my far mover belt. I see him swing on me and I'm just like, nope. All right, and that moves you up to 100 feet away, is that correct? Yes, the way I'm picturing it is, it's not like linked to me psychically, it doesn't know which way I wanna go, it's kind of like whichever way the buckle's pointing, it takes me however, <laughs> however far I tell it to in that direction. So I don't wanna use all of it because you had established when I got it that I can use 100 feet of movement per day and I can kind of increment School that if I would like to. to. Yep. This is just physically moving me, correct? Like, I'm yep. just being, like, pulled through the air. Correct. Cool. You're hovering a little bit. Like, you're a little bit off the ground, but you're not teleporting, and it's just it's just pulling you, moving you. And you can control the direction. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. 
awesome. Basically, Smallrin is just going to let it pull her 20 feet back, essentially. Like, she sees the butcher swing for her, she turns her back on him, pushes the button, and it pulls her. Cool. He just growls. <laughs> Having missed. With the player intrusion you used last round, where you kind of caught him off guard with asking whether or not he knew, you still don't know, but the insight I'll give you here is that he is now going after you because he doesn't like you. Whether or not this has anything to do with the saint or his knowledge of that situation, he doesn't like how much you've insulted him and has a bone to pick. Yep. Yeah, no. It, even if the saint told him to stop at this point, it would be a struggle. Probably wouldn't. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's fun. We love creating nemeses. Smaller, it is your turn then. I am actually going to use one more player intrusion. It is player intrusion city. It we is because that's all players. I got. We are intrusive players. And I am going to go for inspirational recall. Okay. Recall an important detail from a previous encounter, perhaps something you didn't even remember noticing at the time that suggests a successful course of action for your current situation. I would like the Ogrim Orb to suddenly zero in on something on the architect's many bandoliers. I would like there to be a cipher of some sort that I suddenly realize exactly what it is and how it can help. You notice on one of their belts, there is a, like an amulet. It could be worn as like a necklace, but right now it's kind of just like attached to the belt as like a large gemstone or jewel looking thing. You recognize it as a repulsion field that emits a field around the user that lasts for a minute. And anytime you take physical damage, it inflicts two points of damage back onto anything within immediate range and then moves you out of that space. Wonderful. Smallrin is going to use espionage <laughs> because now she's behind the architect. Yeah. Run up behind and yank it off their belt. Using espionage, I'm gonna have you make me a level three speed check, not defense, just straight check to try and get it from them. Success with a 19. Absolutely. At this point, you cannot get that minor effect because you are yes. impaired, but you are able to pull the repulsion field off of their belt. Well done. So yeah, basically Smaller and darts forward, yanks that off the belt, and then darts back to where she was. That's fine. And she's gonna put that on. Yeah. <laughs> she's gonna go ahead and activate that. All right. Nehemiah, the nose is right near you and is going to take a shot at you with that slug spitter. Oh, uh, that's a mistake. <laughs> sure it is. I'm fine. They don't know that. No. They don't know. So yeah, please make a level four speed defense. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and spend for effort. Success with a 14. You take a step to the side as that slug whizzes by. Nehemiah just kind of cocks his head to the side like, really, this is what we're doing? The jackal, now having stepped back and is out of the way of an immediate attack, takes another dart into the blowgun and shoots it at Smallrin. Smallrin, please make me a level four speed defense. Failure with a nine. You take that two points of damage. What pool is that going to? Might. Okay. And then I need you to make a level five might check. Not defense, just straight might. Failure with a six. Okay. A glimpse into the mechanics. The first shot that the jackal made had a specialized poison on it. Everything else from here on out has just kind of a generalized 
poison. You get the two points of damage regardless with the dart, and then you have to make a might check or move one tick down the damage track. Mm. Question, since this is dealing physical damage, does the repulsion field work on this? Yes. And does armor apply to that? To the two damage, yes. Yes, okay, so I don't take that. Yay. Because that's the physical part, but because it hit you, poison still takes effect. Yeah. So you move one down the damage track. It doesn't take anything from your pools, but you are now debilitated. You can't take any other actions other than moving or crawling an immediate distance. That's fun. You are very not okay right now. Okay. But the field that you have, the repulsion field, does move you 30 feet away from the scenario. Where would you like to move? Smallrin uses this to get over to Jory. Cool. And you do deal that damage to the jackal, the damage back. The architect takes out a cipher, takes a wristband off of their arm and kind of like a slap bracelet, like snaps it. And it turns into like a long rod that they point at Brex and it emits a light beam. And that light beam does six damage to Brex. Right, and the hook once again tries to get at the Fenderall that is taking your side and fails. The hook is not very smart. The hook does not bring you back. No, it doesn't. Nehemiah, your turn. All right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to use the Thunder Vocalizer again here. I would like to hit yeah. the Fenderall that I am fighting, the Nose, and the Butcher. Sure. I'll say that you can kind of like spin around yeah. as you're yelling. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. As he is shouting, what he is shouting is... All right, I think it's time for us to be getting out of here. If y'all want to just go ahead and follow me, you all who work here, y'all can go ahead and just stay. And I will kind of move up in front of Jory there and keep an eye out, try and cover our exit. For sure. The nose falls. Good. And I rolled a six on uh, the thunder vocalizer, so that is fine. I've just got to... Your depletion. Yep. All right. Brex, hearing that and noting what's going on. Nehemiah, can you roll me persuasion level four? And I'll even give you an asset here. Excellent. I'm going to go ahead and spend for some effort as well. And you can spend for two levels or are you only spending for one? It always spends for two. Like I've got a two in effort. Gotcha. Yes. Okay, so that makes it free. Cool. You are able to get through to Brex, whose helmet you notice is pure black. Yep. And that thunder vocalizer yelling out saying, all right, it's time to get out of here, mm-hmm. gets through to them. And it softens a little bit to a very dark blue, mm-hmm. but enough to listen. That's fine. And they also kind of take a step back. And in the time that they are there, do take a swing at the butcher dealing six damage, Mm -hmm. but start making their way back towards where you are. Good. It is the Fenderall's turn. There's a lot of stuff going on, but they are doing their best to try and keep you from leaving. Sure. All right, I do apologize. This is going to feel brutal. Can Mm -hmm. he move though? Oh, you're right. Yep. <laughs> Backing up on all of that. I mean, Thank you for the reminder. He can try. I'd love to see no, him no, no. try. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. So here's what's going to happen. Backing up. The Fendral is going to do their best to try and keep you all from leaving, but with their legs tied up as they are is a little difficult to do. They're going to use their glaive to try and leg sweep Jory from the ground. Mm-hmm. So Jory, please make a level six speed defense, and I'll give you another asset from it being like he's a little bit hindered. You're on the ground. Fail with a three. You take 10 damage as that glaive slices through 
your leg, not like through it, but slices against your leg and you fall to the ground for a moment. Okay, you can spread that out how you want, right? It's might damage. If that goes over that pool, you can then distribute it to another. Okay, it did, so I did, and I'm impaired, yes? Spending for effort takes one extra point and you cannot benefit from major or minor effects. Okay. The other Fenderall takes one look at the hook, shakes their head and takes the hook out with one fell swoop. Nice. And then moves backward towards you all, Jory. Okay, so this might be a bit unusual. I'm in a lot of pain, so I'm gonna reach into my pack and pull out my metal desk balls that I have. And I'm going to yank them apart the best I can, and I'm going to throw them across the floor toward as much of everybody, so probably the Fendral and the Butcher, and Brex is kind of there, but maybe kind of the Architect. And I'm just going to say, get ready to eat dust, you fools. (laughs) You're throwing marbles out, essentially. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Good, good. I love that. Any action taken against them or any role you have to make in defense of those people will be eased by a step. Okay. <laughs> well done. The butcher. The butcher is very upset that Smallrin is not within reach anymore and kind of just goes into a rage about it and lunges for Nehemiah. Mm. Nehemiah, make, please, a level five speed defense. Spend for some effort. I am untrained. Success with an eight. (laughs) He's swinging haymakers. He's upset and thrown off and not really thinking about the actions that he's taking. So it's very easy to either step out of the way or just completely avoid it. Get bent, deli boy. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very good. All right, Smallrin. You're not in good shape. Smallrin is... How are we doing out there tonight? I am <laughs> not doing mm-hmm. well. <laughs> and I hate to bring this up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, it's been two rounds. This is the third round, and you've been pushing it off as far as you can, but you feel that searing pain return to your mind as you take ten intellect damage. Um... I have a question. Yes. It says the poison or disease turns out not to be as debilitating or deadly as it first seemed. This is a player intrusion weak strain. And I'm kind of on the ground. I don't know if Smallrin is too, but we're kind of Smallrin's very... taken a knee, like yeah. right behind you. We're, we're, we're kind of holding each other. And I do have nicks and knacks in my pack, including water dye and all sorts of other things. And I would like to try to get anything that I can uh, if I have some Ben Bane bags or something and, and say, eat this you might be okay. And um, just just try to find something charcoal, maybe, that will soak it up. <laughs> I, I don't know. You dig through your pack and you pull out a lump of apt clay. And normally this is something that you could eat apt clay technically, and it tastes gross and kind of hurts, but also helps with your mental state on the flip side. So instead you kind of just shove the apt clay on the wound, hoping that it will help to neutralize whatever poison is coursing through Smallren. And it successfully will then cut that damage in half smaller. You will take five intellect damage instead of 10. Um, 
So... <laughs> oh no, is that still bad? So, just because I don't remember exactly how yes. this works. So, if that is the exact number of points I have left in my pools combined, if I drop to zero in all pools but not... It isn't additional damage, it's not below that. Does that change what happens at all, or is it like you drop to zero in all pools and that's just what it is? Technically, all pool zero is dead. However, I don't want... <laughs> I, feel, I feel really... Because this isn't like D&D, there are no death-saving throws. There isn't like a way to get back up and going. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that in this case, because it didn't go past zero, I will consider this a coma. You will need to be revived in some way. You are not deceased, but you fall to the ground. You are unconscious. And because of that, what is left of your far mover activates. How much movement? 80 feet, baby. And it moves you 80 feet, I will say, directly towards the door that you are all trying to get out of. So whatever door you are all running towards at this point, Smallrin's body falls and then quickly levitates and flies towards. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, it's like if you're if you are looking for a better kind of narrative reason for not straight up dead, the fact that a player intrusion was used to lessen it. Yeah, I think yes. that's I'm that also there. For yeah. That. Jory was able to stabilize her enough in removing part of the poison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here for that. So with the player intrusion used and you at zero in all your pools, you are as close to dead as you possibly can be without truly being deceased. A small wren's body flies through the air. The others in the room take stock at who is left. So I'm going to move smaller off to the side. I'm going to say that surprises the group here. I'm going to give Jory and Nehemiah and even Brex the chance to go out of turn. Mm -hmm. They are all taken off guard by the fact that Smallrin has just gone unconsciously flying through the air. What would you like to do, Jory, Nehemiah? How's the butcher looking? Rough. Rough. Okay. I will go ahead and take one last swipe on the butcher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's there and might as well. What is the difficulty on that? Level five. Level five. Spend for it. Ill-advised as it may be. Success with a three, thankfully. And that's six damage? That's six damage. That is enough to take out the butcher. Ugh. Yay. Nehemiah hefts the butcher's blade <laughs> with his own sword <laughs> and just finds the break in the armor and basically just like cuts off his arm. <sighs> He screams and falls to the ground. Nehemiah will then actually take the long way around, cut mm -hmm. over here to our new ally and be like, where's our stuff? At the back of the area where you enter, there's a door, mm -hmm. the one that you all came through. And then kind of by the altar mm -hmm. up front, there were two doors behind it. Sure. He points to one of them and says, that door will take you back up to the temple. It's on a landing along the way. Okay, let's go. And... Nehemiah will start moving towards the door to go and scoop up Small Ren. The Fenderall will also move that way. But will he? No, no. that's yes, a good Fenderall. This is the, one is the, on good your oh, the good one. Sorry, sorry. Just making sure. The good Fenderall will move that way as well, trying to help cover your exit. Mm -hmm. Brex will follow suit. Mm -hmm. 
Jory? Uh, I'm also following. I'm kind of glancing behind because I have one last ditch thing if we need it. And I'm hoping we don't. <laughs> Trying to cover our exit. You all make your way towards the door. Each of the remaining people get, if they have a ranged attack, will get that shot off. The Fenderall has a detonation cipher that they throw your way. I need everybody to make me a level five speed defense. I'm assuming not me. Not you. <laughs> Natural 20. Success with an 11. Hey, for, for my major effect, mm -hmm. can I just like bat it back at them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the cleavers, like it is an oversized cleaver, so it has a fairly wide Surface. birth of a blade. <laughs> and you just, like a cricket bat, Beautiful. just smack it back towards them. And that Fenderall takes the six damage. <laughs> that uh, would have been cool. at you all. Suck it, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> the architect takes a ceramic sphere out of one of the pockets on their belt and throws that towards you. And out of it bursts a cloud of nanobots that immediately start to try and latch onto any living organic material. Could everyone please make a level three might defense? Fail with a two. I'm gonna spend again. Oh boy. It's a natural one, but I, but I reduced it to nothing. Oh, then you didn't have to roll. Okay, cool. Okay. So Nehemiah passes automatically. Jory, you take four points of might damage as these nanites start to kind of like tear away at you. And I can't, so I just take it to another one? Correct. The jackal, again, tries to get a shot of that blow dart out. Jory, you are closest. That's gonna be a level four speed defense. Success with an 11. You duck out of the way of that dart. And with that, you all make it to the door. The Fenderall opens it up and you all start pouring in, going back up stairs in a, not a spiral staircase, but kind of like a, your typical zigzag with landings in between as you go up. At the second landing, you find kind of like a little room that has all of your gear kind of laid out on a table. There is one guard there, but the Fenderall immediately runs them through with the glaive dispatching them and watches behind you as you all pick up your things. Mm -hmm. Brex is carrying Smallrin. Excellent. Are there any, I forget what they're called, like re rejuvenators, whatever they're, they're called, like the things that oh. can restore pools. Yeah, so there's like a first aid kit on the Perfect. wall. <laughs> I want to grab a fistful of those and just just stab the crap out of Smallrin <laughs> real quick. Just, just, just a real quick healing shiv. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> roll me a, a d6. Four. You're able to grab four of them. Excellent. So as you are running, you get all of your stuff and the Fendral continues to usher you up the stairs saying, they're coming, go, go, go. Like it's not letting you stop. So you're kind of doing this as you're running yep. up the stairs. Does this guy have a name yet? Hasn't given you a name. Okay. Um, and because still has a mask on. I don't know who it is. You're not sure okay, who it is. Okay, cool. I was gonna say, it's like, I, like if he didn't have the mask on, I would definitely be saying something more familiar, but without that, yeah. And it, it's just kind of like all like it, everything is happening so quickly that it's not like introductions have not been yeah. a an importance here. Well, real right, quick, so, can I do a very small retcon? Yes. I want to grab half the saint's mask. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you can heal Smallrun for 13 might. Mm-hmm. 
five speed and eight intellect by getting the four of those mm-hmm. in there. There was two that were might and one that was speed and one that was intellect. Cool. So, Smallrin, you come back to consciousness. Your head still hurts like heck. You have the worst pounding headache you've had maybe in your life. But you come to kind of thrown over Brex's shoulder as you all are running up a, a set of stairs and Nehemiah pulls the last rejuvenator out of your arm as everyone is making their way up. Jory, is there anything you're doing as you're running up the stairs? Running up the stairs harder. <laughs> <laughs> as quickly and powerfully as she possibly can. Perfect. After about three more flights, you find a door. And again, the Fenderall takes a moment to take a breath, a beat before opening it up and says to you all, this will get into the main part of the temple. Mm -hmm. Your reaction is up to you. Basically saying, this will put you out into the public eye. The way you handle this is your call. He will follow suit. Okay. And opens the door. Right. How do you all proceed out? I think we just try and play cool. Smallrin is still being carried by Brex, correct? Yes. Brex is probably going to set you down in a moment. Well, if we're going to play it cool, uh, Smallrin spends two of the intellect points that Nehemiah just gave her and vanishes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Why? she's just over Brex's shoulder, but no one can see her. Does this door open in or out? Whichever way that uh, you feel is is beneficial. I would like to use the last of my climbing gear to casually bolt the door shut so that we have our exit covered. Like I will use the last, like the whole thing of climbing gear and just kind of like essentially just shove like a ridiculously heavy bag in. It's like trying to open your door when uh, you've got, um, when you got, when the DoorDash person puts everything right in front of the door, except instead of not wanting to knock over your burger and fries, it is being physically unable to open the door. (laughs) Yeah. Roll me a D20. Yeah. Natural 20. Holy cow. Okay, basically what this is going to be was determining the difficulty that the rest of the group coming up behind you is going to have to get out the door. Mm -hmm. How well you're able to wedge it in there and brace it up against the door. Mm -hmm. Natural 20, also a major effect. What would you like as you're making your way out? In addition to that door being totally and firmly stuck, I would like us to have walked out into the middle of a ceremony So this temple is just absolutely packed and we are well and truly lost in the crowd except to each other. There is some sort of, like, not quite prayer because, again, this isn't necessarily religious. Some people regard the Numenera and the Order of Truth religiously, but the Aeon priests try to not act as religious leaders. So instead, what we have is kind of like a midday lecture almost. Kind of promoted like a lecture, has some elements of a sermon as well, but is teaching the general public about some part of Numenera that the Aeon priests here feel would be helpful to society. Mm -hmm. And it is packed. Like there is, for for whatever reason, this was a very interesting seminar that everyone is is here for. And you all kind of just disappear into the crowd. Smallrin, literally. Mm -hmm. And you all disperse. Right before you all kind of make your way through the crowd, Nehemiah the Fenderall leans down and says, meet at the glowing breach, and you all disperse. Smallrin, you're invisible. I assume you 
try not to go through the crowd or do you go through the crowd? Oh, I was going with Smallrin is still incredibly shaky and is going to let Brex continue carrying her. <laughs> sure. Brex tries to play it off cool. They're just kind of like <laughs> walking around, <laughs> looking strong, <laughs> and is going incredibly slow, but purposefully through the crowd. The Fenderal is able to make his way through in one way or another. It is not uncommon to see Temple Guard here. Jory, what kind of route do you take? Um, I will use chameleon skin to give myself a nice olive tan. Okay. And if my hair was up, I take it down. And if it was down, I put it up. You change your hairstyle and your skin tone a little bit to not be as recognizable mm. as you were when you went down. And Nehemiah? Nehemiah is just going to continue to, again, just try and play it cool, move through the crowd. As they kind of near the edge, he'll whisper to everybody. It's like, all right, does anybody besides me have stuff left at the hotel? Invisible Smallrin says, yes. What do you have? I think my weapons and my mentor's notes are the only thing of import. If there's anything right. else, leave it. Okay. Jory, you got anything back there? Don't think so. The glowing chasm, where is that? The glowing breach is one of the exits to the city. Okay. There are a couple of different... Obviously, entrances and exits, it's a large enough city. Sure. But this is the one that is kind of closest to the Voil Chasm that would exit on the southeast side okay. of the city. So the, the downgrade would be on the way then from where we yes. are? Okay. I will just whisper to everybody else, go meet at the Glowing Breach. I'm going to go back to the downgrade. I'll grab our stuff. I'm fastest. I'll be able to meet y'all there. Okay, be careful. Of course. As I'm saying that, I'm going to go ahead and use my action recovery roll. Yeah, go for it. And roll number two. I'm going to go ahead with the seven that I got. And Great. we're going to put one, two, three points of that into might. And one, two, three, four points of that into speed. And then I will go ahead and spend again for obstacle running so that I can take off with like the phenomenal parkour lad that I am and just blitz through the city to get to the downgrade to grab our stuff and hopefully be in and out of there as quick as physically possible. And I will also use an action recovery if I can. Yep. Okay. And whoop. And two. Okay. I believe I got a seven. So I'm going to up my might by four and my intellect by three and shake it off. Nehemiah takes off only slightly divergent from where you're headed to head back to the downgrade and the rest of you make your way towards the glowing breach. It is called as such because it was made out of some sort of luminescent stone and in the night it glows a brilliant blue green. But during the day, it simply looks like a regular white stone archway marking that edge of the city and the exit into the more open space of the Steadfast. Nehemiah, you quickly make your way to the downgrade. And as you are making your way there, you notice that guards are everywhere. They are starting to team the streets. Everyone is looking around trying to find you. Mm -hmm. You make it to the downgrade. You run in, don't say a word to anyone, I assume. Before I leave the room, I take out uh, an oddity of mine. Oh. A soapstone that turns everything it touches green for 30 seconds. And I put it 
in between my armor and my shirt and my and my skin. Okay. So it is constantly touching Nehemiah. So Nehemiah is green. Is green. And therefore, anybody who is looking for what he normally looks like will just glance right over him because they're not looking for a green. That would have come up. That's really That's good. That's very good. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Was very proud of it. That would have come You're up. You're able to... It would have. I, I'm not going to lie. I had something in mind for that. So mm-hmm. yeah, good job. Um, you make yourself green. Cover yourself in that soap and keep it attached between you, uh, your shirt and your skin and make your way back out. You're still careful, but it's a little bit more protection. Mm-hmm. As the other three of you approach the gate, you also see that guards are starting to swarm the gate. They are trying to keep anyone from leaving the city. The gate, it's not like a small portcullis. It is one of the wider ones, like, you know, 30 feet wide. It's meant to have carts and vendors come in and out, visitors and such. It does have two guard stations up top that allow people to see down. And there are now about a dozen guards there, city guards, the Thrin, standing there, feverishly watching people leave. And there's not a large crowd leaving, especially now that they see a whole bunch of guards. People are a little wary of continuing on. How do you proceed? Do we see... The Fendral? Ah. You wait for a moment, kind of like tucked between two buildings, watching this happen. And after a moment, you do see the Fendral in kind of like an opposite alleyway across from you and kind of like nods at you just to give alert to their presence. And they're making any kind of like, go this way, go that way. Nothing just like a, hey, I'm over here. They look at your group and kind of go one, two, three, and then point at four. Where's the fourth in your group? (laughs) (laughs) A green person just streaks by. (laughs) Yeah, Nehemiah, you also come running up and you see the guards collecting, kind of duck into an alleyway. It happens to be the alleyway uh, with the Fendral. Hi there. (sighs) Hello. He kind of nods and briefly lifts up his mask now that you are not in exact immediate danger and you're kind of out of sight. Mm. And you recognize someone named Oben. Oben. O-B-E-N. Oben was also like a bodyguard of sorts, Mm -hmm. but was not the acrobatic type. Sure. Served more as like strong man, occasionally did the stunts um, with like swallowing swords Mm. and like driving nails into your face and things like that. Kind of like like sideshowy kind of of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Was not any ever one of the main acts, but was someone that kept people's attention in the streets or drew Mm. people in. A curiosity. As kind of like, yes, yes. I will absolutely explain more later, but we need to get out of here. Absolutely. Here's how this is going to work. Mm. And he pulls four cloaks out of his pack, and they look like the cloaks of pilgrims, Mm. people who go from place to place with the order of truth, someone who's training to be an Aeon priest or a zealot of some sort who is going to a temple in the next town over or traveling to some sort of renowned ruin or Numenera site. But you know these to be the robes of pilgrims. He gives one to you and kind of looks across the way to try and figure out how to get the other three to the group across the street. 
Oh, I'm gonna phase door again and do yes. this. And I will just do one on the building next to me and then one over there and I'll stick my hand through and, and, and hold it out. <laughs> so, good. so good. And you bring the other three over and you all don these robes and pull the hoods far over your face, tucking your hands into the deep folds of the sleeves and the sides. And Oban says, follow me. Look serene, penitent. Keep your heads down. And you all gather up and kind of follow behind him, not in single file, but just kind of as a group, moving towards the gate. As you get towards the gate, he is questioned by the Thryn there, but you can tell that because of the station that he feasibly had with both the saint and technically the governor, there's some weight to be pulled here. <laughs> I'm taking these acolytes on a pilgrimage. I have been tasked with providing safety for them on their travels. And after a little bit of convincing and throwing a round of credentials, you make your way out the door and into the steadfast. Hopefully breathing a bit easier. And that's what we'll call the session. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that was intense. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 103 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Trent, Savani, and Rin for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered in Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then... May your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenlee and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.